0: Morning. Morning, mate. How's it going? To set an alarm for this one. Yeah, I thought i have been up in about six weeks.
1: Yeah, and the rest, I
0: think. Yeah. yeah. Actually, to be fair, it wasn't so bad, actually. I thought it was going to really struggle. But...
1: No, there was... Um, it was something that I wanted to do during the, the lot. I set myself like a little list of things I wanted to do during the lockdown. And there's one of them I'm still not done, and that was get up to like get up early enough to go for a walk and like see a sunrise never done it I've never I've never seen a sunrise and I've sort of I've, I've looked into it a little bit you'd have to sort of get up at about four and be out to like a reasonable vantage point by about four forty-five. um so that's what's kind of put me off but, uh, I've seen plenty of sunrise it's normally after a night out to be honest but uh, yeah, that, yeah, that must count. I've seen the sun go down and the sun come up before I've gone to bed. Does that does that count?
0: This time last year, I saw any of them, to be fair, when I was in Portugal. So.
1: Yeah, that's depressing, isn't it? This time yeah. last year, England were going to win the Nations
2: League.
0: Uh, it's, it's, the, the the photos bring it all back of last summer. Just all right, it's nice weather now, but just being able to go out.
1: (laughs) It does. It seems so ridiculous that, like, oh, well, we could get on a plane this time last year and we went to a foreign country. We touched on it briefly in the episode with Terry. But, again, I can't... I can't see an outcome where you can go for something in between. Like, play the game somehow, play the games behind closed doors, get it done, or... You, you, you have to say it didn't happen. And anything in between that, you can't let a computer decide the outcome. Because if yeah. a if a computer decided the outcome of football, we'd have got relegated last year. Yeah. That Sunderland game was based on points per game. Say for whatever reason, that Sunderland game couldn't have gone ahead. We'd have, yeah. we'd have, we'd have lost. We'd have lost on points per game. But we didn't lose. We won it because it actually got played.
0: Yeah.
1: So, a- anything other than getting them played or having to avoid it, fucking all the, the, the lawsuits that will have to, have to come from, yeah. again, not us. I'm talking about Tranmere, Charlton, teams that have a fighting chance.
0: Yeah. I know Tra- Tranmere are putting something together, aren't they? They're, they're, they're taking it to the FL like a, another proposal.
1: I can't blame them.
0: So, I, th- I think their proposal is basically saying scrap relegation. So, so that, that's how it's been. Scrap. It'd be, it'd, you'd have to scrap relegation from every league, though, that
1: bit, if, if you scrap relegation, you've got to scrap promotion.
0: Yeah, I, I just think they're trying to be fair. I think that's the issue they're
1: finding. I
0: think they're basically saying you deserve, like some teams deserve promotion, some teams probably deserve relegation, but some teams don't deserve relegation. I think that's the issue they're finding. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I get that. So, yeah, you look at Trammir in our division, yeah. Like right now, they don't deserve it. And you'd relegate them because you're not going to let them play nine games.
0: Yeah. So it's it's not fair. you looking like that. Don't get me wrong. All right, we're not relegated, but but we are relegated. If you know what I mean, we're not we're not going to stay, stay up. But still, we're fear We're not relegated, so
1: um, it wouldn't be harsh on us. But obviously, there's still I because, no because I, I kind of get it. The woods say we got relegated on points per game, you would you would always have the argument that that's always tainted. There's an asterisk next to that for life because the season was never actually completed. Yeah. So, so we, in a sense, weren't relegated fairly.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I don't, as bad as this sounds, I almost don't care because it's, it's just been so crap I just want to get over it and just forget about it. But, Say we were in a fighting chance, so I'd be fuming right like now. They're talking about relegation.
1: Well, mate, yeah, put it, put it in context this time last year, where we went into the last game of the season with a, all right, it was a big mountain to climb, but it, it was a fighting chance. Yeah. Imagine, imagine this was happening then. We, we'd, we'd be fuming. You think, well, so we're, we're one game to go, we're in the bottom four, but we're not going to get to play that one game. Yeah. It's, it's tainted.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be, on, really, would it?
1: You've worn your best clobber today, because we've got royalty.
0: Got a king. I'm in my golf stuff. I'm going I'm going golf after this, so. (laughs) I'm in my golf Captain
1: King Kev. I'm
0: really looking forward to it, to be fair. It's uh, another legend, really, isn't it? Another a a proper proper South Impala. Yeah. Proper legend.
1: Yeah, you know, you'll hear you know sadly that at the start of his career there was you know there was a lot of stick come his way and you know to be fair I can I can remember various things like that later on when a lot of people had sort of realized what he was doing the kind of player that he was but because he wasn't a midfielder that was sort of like buzzing about and making himself look really busy you know, he, he didn't really win everybody over because of that, but he he was better. He didn't need to buzz about it because he was better than that.
0: No, nah. yeah, I like you, mate. It'd be interesting to see what he says about that, really.
1: Yeah, um, and then obviously he's been, he's yeah, he's been through it all. Two two Ldv finals, two promotions, the Man United game. It was a it was a great era, really, when he when he was here.
0: Um, yeah, massive, massive part of it.
1: And then obviously he's he's now moving into into coaching. He's been been here as a coach. Um, I think it's about three and a half, four years with with the 23s and various youth players here. Then um, yeah, he went to went to Bristol this summer, last summer technically now. So at the time work alongside Graham Coughlin, but he's he's gone. I wonder if he felt he might he get the boot. He must him. have been fuming at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd you, be would, raging. Yeah. you would, you'd be a bit like,
0: shit, am I going to get the boot here? I'd be raging. I mean, You're kidding me out here, man? I mean, I'm interested more in almost like the coaching side of it, really, because well, I guess we we know about the, the, the playing side, but I kind of want to know where he wants to go with coaching, and I'm assuming managerial. But...
1: Yeah, because it, it is different. You know, some people... The co- coaching and management is different. Um, you can be a great coach, you can be a NAF manager and, and vice versa. So, yeah, the int- obviously we spoke to Adam recently who was, you know, he was very adamant that he wants to be a manager. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to to get Kev's take on it as well. I personally think the pair of them will down the line. They, they will. about that. You know, I, I don't think you can be a captain of a, of a, a club for, for that length of time and not want to be a manager. Listen, I'm not saying it's going to be easy that he's going to walk into it, but he, he must want to do it. I'll be very surprised yeah. if he doesn't.
0: Yeah, he, everything I'd say about the guy just just screams manager, doesn't it, really? Which is the same as, like you say, the same as Barrett, so. But
1: yeah, anyway, here we go. Kevin Brown. Uh, Morning.
2: Hi you, mate. You hear us, all right? Yeah, got ya.
1: You see us both, yeah? <clears throat> yeah, got you both on
2: set. So. Yeah, wicked.
1: Yeah. Not not bad bad again.
2: How you doing? Oh. Yeah, not bad. You?
1: Yeah, so so, I guess.
0: <laughs> Just trying to get through all this nonsense at the moment, isn't it? So. Oh, I
2: know. Yeah. What are you working or?
0: i I've been furloughed, so um it's,
1: um it's been quite good to be honest. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, <I know. laughs> yeah, I've I've kind of been I was working from home for about seven weeks and then we've we've gone back two days a week from about two weeks ago. So we're starting to get somewhere. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But um what are well, so you back in Sorry? you you
2: back in training now or not really? No, no, yeah, obviously League One are still waiting to find out, aren't we? They've seen yeah. to be Waiting for everyone else to, to, I don't know, there's a few, the bigger clubs are kicking up a bit of a fuss, I think, you know, you, Yeah. McAntony's been a, quite um, outspokenly and I think they want <laughs> to finish, so um, what's going to happen? I don't know, still waiting to hear, so.
0: What's, what's your stance on it? What would you do?
2: I think it's going to be hard to go back, because yeah. I don't know where it goes for next season, but I get where the position they're in, but whether they do something regarding playoffs, etc, I don't know. That's, that might happen. <clears throat> I think it's hard to go back. I think it's gonna be hard to, to the cost of everything, you know, because the moment you start going back to training, you got unfurl the clubs got load of players and all the stuff. Exactly. They can't afford it, you know what I mean?
0: Especially with the testy, I think I've read it's gonna cost about 140 grand. I think, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, that's ridiculous. So yeah. Which is all right. The Premier League and Championship, they got most of them have got the money anyway, have not they? But um, yeah. our level, it's, it's difficult. I think.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, yeah. Well, Cheers, take your time out until anyway, mate.
2: No problem, mate. Been going all right, it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it got a few people actually. It's been quite. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised the amount of people that have said yes.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> these things are good, like especially like during obviously what's going on and now you get a lot of. It's been good the social media side of it, isn't it? Like to yeah. reflect on stuff and and what's gone on and the you know, guests and, and how it works. It's been really good, I think.
1: Yeah, it's nice to. It's certainly nice to look back, especially how it's been for us this season. It's nice to look back at some better (laughs) times. But yeah, if we um we go way back to the start to when you um, well, first of all, what you were obviously a youth at Tottenham, um, was was there anyone sort of with with you then that you know we'd we'd heard of that also went on to have a have a good few like
2: within the youth team I was in because we got to the youth cup final. We lost on penalties to Man United, but you had um, Stephen Carr's probably the main name. Um, Right. Obviously, went on to have a great career. Um, Stephen Clements was in there, but all the players had decent careers and played in the game, pretty much, most of them. So, you know, it was a good time, good team, to be fair, and, you know, it was a good place to to learn your trade, if you want.
0: Did you you ever think you were going to get a chance in the first team, or was it sort of, did you think, oh, actually, I might have to step down and try
2: and work it up? yeah, so when I came out of the youth team, and I was, I was actually a centre back um okay. the youth team, and that. So, come out then, there, and I was, I'd done well my first year as a pro. And uh, Jerry Francis called me in and said, Look, you're doing really well, keep going, and want to offer you a new deal, etc. So, that was going well, and went on a pre season tour um, with the first team. But I remember doing my ankle um, ligaments, and that kept me out for quite a while. I fell back a little bit, and listen, there's so many players at them clubs that. You miss a period of time and someone takes over, so um, I got to 21 and I got that itch to play really. Um, I wanted to play first team football, you know, under 23s. And Chris Huberman was my manager there, he was brilliant, um, like a brilliant guy and a brilliant coach. So, really enjoyed that. But you get to the stage where you know, at 21, you want to be playing football every week. And I think it's hard when you, as a 23, you train in a Saturday morning, but you've got no game to look forward to on in the afternoon. That's what you. you, you you want, you know what I mean? So, um, got to that stage, yeah. I wanted to play really, yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: So, how nah. did the how did the South end move come about then?
2: Um, I think they watched a couple of reserve games or, or uh, friendlies or a couple of matches, and they're coming on loan initially. Um, I was, I was ready to come on loan, and then it was Alvin Martin at the time. Um, then picked up the phone and said, Look, I think. The period they were in, I think they look desperate for a midfielder. So I was playing in between back, uh, centre half, midfield. Um, so it, it, the offer of a permanent deal come up. Um, spoke to Tottenham. and We're really going to get in. It's difficult. Um, so I thought it was a good idea, you know, localish for me because I was in, in uh, East London, Ilford. So yeah, it, it just suited me really, and you know, wanted to get out and play, and you know, liked what Alvin said and how he was, and so sort I of thought it was a good opportunity.
1: Was it
0: a bit of a sort of um, like a, a a shock to reality, so to speak, like going from Tottenham to South End or
2: yeah? <laughs> I remember because my first game, I think I we travelled up with Burnley away, and um, we trained on the Thursday at Boots and Laces, and then we travelled up and trained on the Friday, but we ended up almost at the side of the hotel doing a little bit on a car park. You go, what's going on here? Yeah, like. <laughs> so, it was different. We played Burnley away, and the atmosphere was brilliant. and like, I really enjoyed the game. We got beat, but um, I remember being because I was had dodgy ankles at the time. And uh, the physio, John Gowans, remember John Gowans?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so he, um, he used to do your strappings, ankle strappings, and things. So I'd, at Tottenham, you just get your ankle strapped. After a game, you take them off, throw them away in the bin. Johnny's coming around, you start. Pulling at my ankle, and I go. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> so we've, we've got to wash these and use these again. <laughs> 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 I go, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> but I really enjoyed the occasion. To be fair, like, I just I suppose to give you a bit of a an insight to to what you're getting into and the level um, compared to Tottenham. But yeah, listen, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So did
1: it not? Did it not take you long then to sort of break into the team? Where you on, did you arrive and almost almost straight in?
2: Yeah, I went straight in. because um, it was the back end of League One. I've come in January and it was a bit of a relegation scrap to be fair. But I come in um and done all right. I'd done well for the first four, five for the five months, but unfortunately got relegated, but came in and there was a few characters in the team to be fair. So it was a good experience. Um you had you mean Jerome Bohr was there, Andy Rammel, um, Keith Dublin, Phil Gridlett. Um so there was a lot of characters within yeah. the team. and Mark Stimson was in the team. I used the room with Mark, and obviously someone I got to know later on as well. But really good bunch of characters, and oh, so listen, oh, I, I loved it because you're playing every week, Saturday, Tuesday, and games coming thick and fast, and they meant something. So in that aspect, all the other you know facilities and that they are what they are, but you can't replicate playing a game in front of a crowd and you know playing for points on a Saturday.
1: No, not at all. So um, what? <laughs> Were you aware? I can I can like remember sections of the crowd around sort of late nineties, early two thousands. That I'm I'm guessing around that sort of time. You would you would get a little bit of stick from from areas of the fans. Were you were you aware yeah. of this?
2: Yeah, very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So how, was, that, how was that?
2: Yeah, it's horrible. I think you come from a club. You know, you come from. Tottenham and has certain way of playing and around certain types of players. Everyone wants the ball and stuff like that. And to be fair, I always wanted to get on the ball um, and try and play, but I struggled. To be fair, I come the second year struggled. because It was League Two. It's, it's a shock to the system when you come from a club like Tottenham. You see it still nowadays when club when players come from Premier League clubs and they've never been used to the to the way it's played in the lower leagues. Um, so it's hard to adapt. And I think maybe you know, I come on the back of. I suppose coming from a Premier League club, player, uh, fans were expecting a bit more. And to be fair, listen, I didn't play well, and the club struggled. So, I suppose I was—I took a brunt of it, uh, which was hard as a young player. Uh, yeah, really hard. Um, to be fair, it got to the stage I used to tell my family not to come to the games. But really, that yeah, bad? Yeah, that it, bad. It got, it, it, yeah, it got. Yeah, got. No, I
1: never knew. I never knew
2: it was that bad. No. Yeah, listen, it was <laughs> getting. Stand ovation were coming off, weren't great. <laughs> but, it's
0: a classic
2: um, now, isn't it? Yeah. So, listen, it, it was what it was. I think the club was struggling. The team was struggling. It was just one of them things, but you had to fight through it, really. Um, and yeah, I look back at that period and go, right, it wasn't great, but I think it certainly made you stronger as a player and handle stuff.
0: Yeah, we certainly got through it, put it that way.
2: <laughs> Thank yeah, God.
0: All, all, all works out all right. Yeah. In the end, it? <laughs> yeah. So, when, when did you first get made captain,
2: anyway? Um, that was with Rob Newman when he took over. Um, yeah, so Rob when he took over, he, he changed things around. I think after Phil Whelan left, um, he had a change around and, and wanted to make me captain to be fair. I think I was I oh, was like twenty five, I think. So obviously I played with Rob. He was in the he was there when I when I come as well. When he joined under Alvin, so knew Rob quite well and what he wanted to do and that. So yeah, it was I think I was twenty five. Yeah, but Rob Newman. Um, Unfortunately for him, didn't really work out either. So uh, disappointing. But yeah, it was from that period onwards, kind of, I, I stayed as captain when whatever manager came in. Yeah. So it was. Um,
1: was it? Was it Steve Wiganall after after Rob Newman? I can't really remember. I think it was, wasn't.
2: It? Yeah, I think Steve. Yeah, was well, Steve came in after that, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and that was that was another one yeah. weren't too successful. Wasn't
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, yeah. but, listen, I think, <laughs> like I said, the, I think the club was going for a period of. Just trying to find his feet and couldn't work out the right way to go. And, you know, they try and manage us and it wasn't really working. So, difficult time, but Steve was okay. He was, listen, it didn't work out and the fans didn't really take to him. And I think, to be fair, one, a few of his signings, were, he, he made some good signings actually. Um, mm. And it's, during this period, it just, some maybe he needed more time for everything to click because it was going, through, it was, you know, it was a big turnaround and big turnover of players. but. He signed some very good players. I think he signed Mark Gower um, yeah. during that period. So, you know, there's there's a lot there's some positives out of it, I guess.
1: Yeah, but you're but you're there. So when when that time comes to an end, you you've been there. You've already seen seen quite a lot. Then when um, when Steve Tilson comes in, did how, how long did it sort of take you to maybe realise that we we could be on to to something special?
2: Um, I think it was, we had a good group of players, I have to say like all the players that were, that were there at the time were really good. Um, and I think we, you know, he took over that time and, and we stayed up. Um, I think the first year he took over with Brushy. So off the back of that then signing, I think, you know, got to the ODB final against Blackpool, which was, you know, a real big boost for everyone. Um, and I think to be fair, Leon Constantine scored a lot of goals during that period that year, but he left. I think when the year after that, I think was that one when Freddie come in, and that, I think we had a good team, but Freddie came in and gave it all the spark. You know, the, the yeah. final bit, final um, piece of the jigsaw, really. Um, and he was the one, you know, could score a goal out of nothing. And, and what he did that year was brilliant.
0: I mean, so I guess, like you say, when Freddie came in, like you say, then it was the the back to back promotions. I mean, how how good was that team really? Like, because it was it was mainly the same team really, apart from a few additions, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and like, that's it. were not massive amounts of changes then. That's what. That's what I was, you know, touching on earlier. Different managers, and they have a high turnover of players. It's hard to get any um, consistency and team spirit, and you know everyone working together. It's hard when you get that many people coming in and out of the building to to, to gel and, and find each other and find a, a rhythm of how you play. So I think like you guys obviously on Twitter and what we see in that, and you see you forget the football was good, like wasn't it? It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Some yeah. of the football we played was brilliant, and what Freddie added then was the the goals on top of it. Which listen, you can be playing a tight game or right? anything, but Freddie pulls something out of the bag, and you win the game, and all of a sudden, the last twenty minutes of comfort, when the football starts, you know, really opening up. So that was, you know, you look back at a lot of good good players as well. Really good players from you know Flabs and Goal was brilliant for them, a few years for us, and you know he'd been there a little while as well. And Juppy and Spencer Pryor, ads. I mean, like you said, you go right through the team. and good, good players, but also good characters. Um, yeah. It's a great I that's point, what... actually.
1: So, yeah. a, 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 lot, a lot of those players were here for a, quite a long time. So, you're saying where we've got to now, it's just turnover, turnover, turnover. Yeah,
2: yes. exactly. And it makes it hard. And I think where Tilly was good and that he let the lads get on with it and, you know, didn't put an arm around the shoulder and, you know, kept everyone happy and, you know, training was fun and enjoyable um, I think we started this season out poorly actually but you know once we got a win and got going um, the, there was enough characters in the team to, to sort things out and you know there's no the, the change room wouldn't stand for any rubbish you know what I mean anyone not pulling their weight you dig them out and pull them back in line and if you want but it really had to happen it was a competitive edge I mean training used to be so competitive but
0: mm.
2: every day everyone was on it and Worked so hard that it came from within a lot of it.
1: So w- was it quite as as black and white as it seemed? Because it was it was very much a four four two. But yeah, well the, these days, if you play a four four two, you get almost typecast into that. Like, you have to play unattractive football. It's got to be long ball. And as like we've just said, we we didn't do that. We played some really good stuff. As, like, you, you you can obviously play in that in that formation. Why why do you think that's become almost dated now?
2: Um, I don't know, I mean, I have looked at it, Bournemouth a bit, played it for, played it for quite a while, I'm playing an attractive type of footballs, so and they've done really well. So, it can be done, it's just how you, you know, your philosophy and how you want to play, and you know, what your principles are, but it has become dated. I think, tactically, players have become better, there's, mm-hmm. there's more learning for players, I do think they understand the game more, there's not as much of the hustle and bustle of the game, the fouls are restricted, um, so it has changed that much. Um but the principle shouldn't change. If you wanna play and you wanna get it down and play, you should be able to do that anyway. That's whatever formation. And I think there weren't too many other teams veered away from the four four two in that period, I guess. There was a lot more teams that played it. So a lot of the time it's a matchup. Um whereas nowadays there are a lot of different formations and um teams trying to you know, players understand the game better and, and can find spaces and and the learning for players is a lot better with football analysis, and you know, and the feedback they get. So you can watch it back, and there wasn't too much of that back then. No, no, I guess not.
1: So yeah, we um, we have the back-to-back promotions. We get we get to the championship, and not like, obviously we all know we end up getting relegated. But from an individual standpoint, you you seemed to really flourish in the in the higher level. Did you did you yeah. find it not not easier? But did you find you possibly had more time on the ball, things like that? Yeah
2: having come yeah. from that, that level at Tottenham. Yeah I, th- I, yeah, I found it almost easier if you want. Like you said, you get a, a bit more time on the ball. I think people, players or teams give... They'll, they'll watch for, you know, things to happen. So, you know, deeper you can get the ball on the ball a bit more. I think the biggest difference is that people are quicker. Um, you make a mistake, they'll punish you. Um, in terms of, yeah, personally... That year I had a really good year, I scored some goals, and I just found it you knew almost what teams were going to do. In League one and League two is a little bit more off the cuff um, in that you don't know what's happening, but you can see patterns happening in the championship and you can see the game happening like two or three passes ahead um, and two or three moves ahead. So, you, you know, if your player knows that type of level and you can read the game, I found it easier. And, you know, it was a really, yeah, personally, it was a really good year for me. Um, obviously disappointing to end up in, in relegation that we possibly, you know, look at Colster, what they managed to do. And I think that's a a real disappointment because we got ourselves to a stage where we could nearly survive, obviously, after being in a lot of trouble, um, but just fell away the last few games, um, which was a, it was a big disappointment, I think. Yeah, that was it. We
1: kind of, we, we, we hit a decent run of form, I think, at the turn of the year that season. But um, obviously it did end up being too late. But there was still, um, there was the game against QPR where you were, you you bag the couple of world he's on the telly <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's right yeah it's um funny enough listen I was I suppose if you want a bit of an old school player and always wore black boots et cetera, but my boots actually split at half time so I had these do train training pair and a white <laughs> <That's right. laughs> white it like that'd be the norm but um and a lot of lads did, but he had to change my boots the half-time and ended up scoring two goals. And I thought, well, this might be the way forward now. <laughs> keeping so, these. <laughs> <wear my> <laughs> but yeah, no, good, good night, that. Um, and we hit, like you said, we hit a bit of form and looked like we might be able to do something, but unfortunately felt just short.
1: Yeah, I think it was the um, the Burnley home game that season. I think we, we nicked it 1-0 right in the last minute. That was the one I, I, I thought was, oh, we're actually going to stay up here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that was that was still a great season. I, I still have like really fond memories of that season even though we got relegated. Was,
2: yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I personally as well, yeah, definitely. And um like you said, good. the start some of the stadiums you went to and some of the teams <laughs> you played against and obviously like Roots Hall to be fair was was full every week. Um <laughs> so yeah, brilliant time, brilliant occasions. Um you just wonder what might have been if you could have stayed up, but obviously in Listen, whether the club was ready for it or not, I'm not sure. But we, um, it was a brilliant year, and personally, really enjoyed it.
1: Mm. And obviously, of course, that same season we had the the Man United game. Just going talk us talk us through that because <laughs> that that's that's. Do you think about that now? You still you put it into context. We 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 knocked Man United out of the cup. It still doesn't doesn't really seem
2: believable. No, no, yeah, it's, especially with run of former, we couldn't win a game, mm. could we? <laughs> 18 games or 17, 18 games about winning the game, and then you go and do that. You got it like where it come from scary, really. Um, but obviously, I think you do the team sheets and you look at their team sheet and it comes in and all the names are on there, and, he, and here we go. <laughs> like, but it was one of them that just it, it was happening. Flabs obviously had a, an unbelievable night, which yeah. I suppose is going to cause an upset and it needs to happen. Um, and he was brilliant that night everything that hit, and you know, he, he pulled off saves from Ronaldo. And, um, I think they hit the post and bits and pieces like that. But, you know, Freddie's scoring, a brilliant goal. And once you've got something to hang on to, you've always got a chance. Um, but, yeah, just the way it panned out and we're hanging on, it brilliant night. And I suppose we've still got a 100% record, haven't we, I think, against them. Yeah. Is that still, the, still the start, is it? I, so, think we're
1: the, I think we're the only team to have a 100% record against Ferguson's Man United. Really? I'm pretty I think now, yeah, annoyingly MK Dons have also got a hundred percent record against them, but it was post Ferguson. So we got we got the good era. We got we got the Fergie era.
2: (laughs) 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 It's a decent stat that's a good one all these quizzes going on, it's not a bad one yeah but yeah,
1: you need you need a slice I think like on about what ten seconds after so we've scored, the game's restarted, they at the post about ten seconds later. You look you look back at that now and you think, yeah, that's that's the slice of luck that, that, you know, if that if that goes in, you know, we quite easily go and lose that four or five one.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, listen, you've got to ride your luck at times. And that, and I don't think we had too much of it in that period. So no. um, it's nice for that to happen. And you look back and, you know, what an occasion for the club. And I don't think you realize it at the time, you know, when you're playing and that no. is, it's not another game, but it's it's a game you want. When you're in the game, you just want to win, um, yeah. whoever it is. And then it's only when you step back and, you look back, obviously, you, know, you can tell your kids and, and stuff like that, and when they obviously they still talk about Ronaldo and like my kids do and Messi, and etc. You know, yeah, well, yeah, maybe, I played against him. Yeah, whether <laughs> <laughs> they believe you or not, I don't know. That's why I keep getting out that when you're on Twitter and the, the games are coming up, so <laughs> keep, keep getting the DVD. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was the was the quality of that team sort of obvious when you was playing in it? Was, it was it almost like a bit of a. God, these are really good when you or was was it actually no, you know what we're we're matching these
2: no I think it was I think what the biggest difference you know is was the sharpness of how they were like Ronaldo, how sharp he was on the ball when uh, Rooney and just how quick they moved the ball I think that's when you look at the top players, they do things everything is a bit quicker um and with a little a bit more quality so that for me is the biggest difference you know in terms of the game itself I think we can all play it and we've all got yeah. good qualities and you know you find lower leagues that listen players do go up to that level and, and find a level but the biggest difference is the tempo and the speed at which they do things for me Yeah
0: it's um, when you because like you say when you watch the highlights of it there is there is times when we're sort of under the cosh a bit and it, there is moments when I think it's Ronaldo gets a shot away and you realise how quick he is but then <laughs> obviously it was saved and stuff but you, you think Christ any other given day almost it could easily just swing the other way but that night it was just our night
2: um, yeah, so yeah, definitely. I think that's um, so what you, you you realise. I think if you watch it, you you start getting deeper and deeper, and you're, going, you're hanging on a bit, and the ball's <laughs> coming in the box, and you're going, no, "I don't know which one of these is going to fall." Or, yeah. you know, thankfully we held out.
1: There's still times that I will watch it now, and I I think, "Oh, they might score it." Like but I've, I've, <laughs> I've watched it about a hundred times. I know the outcome, but you still think, "Oh, they might nick one. They're going to equalise in a minute." <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've tried it with my kids. I say, come on, do you want to watch this game like No, you're
0: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we um you know, you um I think you had what was it what one more full year? After after we get relegated, we did we get in the playoffs I can't remember. Did we
2: get in the playoffs that following season? Yeah, the following season, yeah.
1: And um, you yeah, know, fell fell short. And then, you know, you, you from what I remember, you now you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but your departure seems to happen quite quickly what was was it quite quick
2: um
1: i can't really remember a little
2: bit a little bit i think there's one bit disappoints me how that all happened i guess looking back um i mean i know Tilly left me out of the team during the period of that season um we got back in and we were doing okay but i think come january they tried to they come to me and just said oh look we've accepted an offer I was like, all right. <laughs> um, so is right now. I said, well, no, don't, that don't suit me at the minute. You know what I mean? I don't think that's the right one. So I left it. Um, there was a couple of other, so the offer was from a team in our league, but there was a couple of offers before that had come in from championship clubs that inquired. Right. And I said, well, if I'm not gonna play, then can you help me? I'll, you know what I mean? If, if that's the case, I'd rather go to a high, but the, the club, yeah. it did happen for some reason or another, you know, I mean. But they did accept one from a lower, from a League One team. Funny enough. Yeah. (laughs) So that didn't work out. But in the end, yeah, I just, I decided to go on loan to Gillingham. Um, I think that was in February or March, I think it was, or March, I believe. So, yeah, it it ended up happening quite quick and, yeah, a difficult time, you know what I mean? It it was hard in that you you get to, that was me, like, because what I wanted to do, I wanted to get to my 10 years, because that was the yeah. 10 years was that January, so, You're in that for me personally, it was like one of them, yeah, milestones, you you want to, listen, I suppose, a bit of um nostalgia, but, you know, to get to, to for being the club of that long and that, you wanted to make the 10 years, so, yeah, it happened quick as it does in football a lot of the time, really, you know, players move and it happens really quick.
1: Yeah, it was, the, even, I can remember as a supporter being disappointed by that, because it was, it's going to sound weird, because but it but it was almost like you were treated just as any other departure, and it's like you've been here, as you say you've almost been here ten years. You've been club captain for probably six or seven of those years. You've you know you won player of the season. You so you captained the team against Man United, the promotions, and it was just almost like oh no he's gone now. I remember that even as a fan being really sort of disappointed by the way you were
2: you were treated, almost shafted really. Yeah, yeah, listen, like I said, I I was probably a bit disappointed in that as well and how it happened. But I think that's it, happens in football all the time. And like you said, I think the way the game is, and it's such a big business now. And you see at the top level, listen, you can go right through with top, top players where stuff like that happens. This is business, and you know, things happen and you move on, and and that's part and parcel of it. And we agree with it at times, sometimes not, but you've got to get over it and and you move on, I suppose.
1: Mm, Very, very cutthroat.
2: Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, yeah. so, yeah, so you say you went on loan, on loan to Jules, but then your permanent move was Oldham, wasn't it, for a, for a year, and then then you went back to Gillian. Was Yeah, that's was right. Was the move sort of not, not there permanently at the time?
2: Yeah, well, they were in, yeah, no, they, they did want me to go, but I mean, at the time they were in League 2 and I, I didn't want to be in 31, right. 32. I just didn't want to drop to that level. Yeah. Even though that was fair Mark Stimson's manager and he actually had a, a very good team and they got promoted that year, but, um, John Sheridan was manager of Oldham and I knew they had a good team at the time actually so um, there was a couple of other things I spoke to a few clubs but for some reason nothing really came off so um, went up to Oldham I like John um, he was really good to be fair and had a good team so it was just something I fancy to change I suppose never been away from home never lived anywhere different and it was a good opportunity lived up in Manchester um, and enjoyed my year up there, actually. Really good year. So, made some, some, met some good people. And it was a decent club. Um, but, you know, really, really enjoyed it. And had the year there, obviously, before coming back to Gillian, where Mark Stimson stayed in touch with him. And they came up the league, uh, to League One that year. So, I thought it was a good opportunity to obviously right, come back yeah. down. Yeah, obviously, just want to you want to play as high as you can, as long as you can. No, of course, yeah. As a player, so, and that was the main reason for that. To be honest.
1: So, um, just before we mo- move on to your. Um... Like your coaching career, you almost sort of laughed laughed yourself a little while ago when you mentioned that you got a couple of goals in the in the championship season. Do you ever do you ever wish that you possibly shot a little bit more? Because I've never seen you score a tapping. Every time you scored, it was an
2: absolute banger. Because <laughs> I could never get up there. <laughs> I could never get that high up the pitch. No, I know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I remember. Back, I remember...
1: The...
2: Go on, sorry. Yeah, you know, just looking back, you go like. Like that season, a lot of them seem to be flying in from everywhere, to be fair. But, um, yeah, it's one of them things you look at as a midfielder, you probably, your worth goes up the more you score. And I maybe should have, I suppose, playing midfield two and a four four two. I was more the deep holder, really, a lot of the time, to allow mm. the others to go and play. So, um, didn't really go and get in the box too much. Um, if you had enough attacking players, we'd have two wingers and two forwards. You kind of got to sit in and protect the back four. But, yeah, you look back and probably would. Have, I would like to score a few more. And obviously, what I did that year, and probably should take more confidence from that earlier. I guess. <laughs> At
1: least you should get a good compilation, though. If we'll tell you yeah. what, we'll, we'll put them all together, and it'll be a proper yeah, highlight reel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there's a few old ones in there that you do well to dig out. I think.
1: There's a couple. There's um. There's some really old season reviews on YouTube actually, so we might might be
2: able to dig a couple that? out. Yeah, yeah.
1: From like '97, I think. I think there Oh one, really. There. Yeah. yeah, but um, so when when you were playing, or maybe like coming towards the end of your your playing career. Were you kind of putting plans in place then to to go into coaching? Was it always something that you wanted to do?
2: Yeah, I think it's um, some players do and some players don't. I've always wanted to be involved in coaching and, and managing and you know that side of the game. And I think we all, you do your coaching badges when you're a player anyway. A couple of the basic ones just to get you going. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that listen it's, it's what we know as well so um, when you talk to people about what they're going to do afterwards and things like that well you go well, start you know the building blocks of what you are going to do when you play and just try and talk to players now and do similar stuff and, you know the further along you can get the better but yeah I always wanted to look to that side of it um, probably when I was at Gillingham the second time and done a lot more then with um, I mean my assistant manager was Mark Robson who was local to me and a very very good coach Um and he used to take a boys' team, his boys' team up in Brentwood, so I used to go with him quite a lot and talk to him about coaching stuff. Um, Mark was he's with the English FA, I think he's with the F England 19s or something like that now, so really good coach and someone that you know I found could take a lot from. Um, along with Mark Stimson, who's a really good manager, so around that time, really started getting into it and started taking badges and, and doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Was it, um, was it Chelmsford that you
1: sort of got your first? Role, so to speak,
2: yeah. I mean, I was going in to the academy at South End a little bit. We obviously speak to, so spoke to Ricky Duncan quite a lot and went in helping out the 16s and bits and pieces there, so that was really good. Um, and then the opportunity to come to Chelmsford as you know, as first team coach, assistant manager, so to speak, um, which is brilliant. I mean, so much different to professional football in terms of organization and facilities and, and what you have, but for getting your hands dirty and dealing with players every day and coaching all the time. It was um, brilliant for me to get stuck straight in. And obviously on a Saturday, then you're playing for three points, which, listen, the level's quite good. So there's a lot of quite uh, good players who've come from good backgrounds at that level. And I think they yes. just ball out the game. And But, you know, in terms of experience and, and dealing with players and putting on sessions, it was brilliant for me. You know, really, really enjoyed it.
0: You, you ended up so taking a few of the South In boys, there, didn't you as well? I think. Did you take was it was it Jack Bridge
2: and
0: Jason um, yeah. Williams? Were you another one too?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think it was. Yeah, I was there for just over two, two or three years, and um, I ended up taking over for the back end of a season from January onwards, and the opportunity to take Jack and uh, Jason in, came up. So took them in, and I thought it was brilliant for them as well. It's a great experience for. As long as it's the right time for kids to go out alone and the right club, the right environment, that they're going to be treated well, I think it's a great experience to go out and play against men, and it opened their eyes as well. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they came in, done really well actually, and we managed to stay up, which, you know, as a, as a young manager and caretaker at the time, so enjoyed that, and you know, had a, had some good results as well.
0: Yeah. How good do you think Jack Bridge is? Because. He, um, if I'm right in thinking, he was he was quite well, like highly rated within in the youth team, but for whatever reason at the time, Phil Brandis didn't really fancy him, and you know he's still in the football league now. I think he's at Carlisle. So I mean, do you, do you think he could sort of go on further? Or
2: yeah, listen, I love Jack as a player, brilliant. When and especially when I took him to Chelmsford, he was he was different class for me. Um, and then even when I was doing the twenty threes, and you know his ability on the ball was second to none, and what he could do with the ball and you know he'd go and take it in areas that other players couldn't um you play five sides or anything like that and listen he'd just be going past three players for fun and um, I think what Jack needed was to go out and play you know he needed an opportunity at the club I think and to being around the first team all the time because Jack was getting to that age when I spoke about I've got to twenty one and needed to leave Tottenham I think Jack needed that because he was in the 23s in the went to the first team back to the 23s and it, it just it got to him a bit much i think so yeah. it's hard then to motivate yourself you know like i said in the saturday morning you train the 23s the first team are playing and without getting a real consistent run of games. so i think that's what jack needed and it's probably hopefully now it's for the best that he's gone out and played um because i think he has got a great chance if he can keep playing matches and you know and keep developing and he'll get stronger and fitter i think um a great chance and a great kid as well
1: mm, Yeah. It's strange because it's, it's someone that um that you ended up working with, but um I know Graham Coughlin always thought very highly of him as well
2: yeah yeah, yeah he, he was he was he was very highly rated yeah and listen when even you know went to Bristol at the start of this year um we spoke about Jack um but he felt it felt important he, he, he played games and you know um, wasn't quite right for us at the time, but further down the line we you know someone we 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 both liked, and you know, we we both at the club together at South End, and we both, you know, really liked him and tried to push him at times. Yeah,
0: I mean, how good is the is the is the youth setup at South End, or uh, especially I guess Ricky Duncan being quite important to that. I mean, obviously this year, especially, we'll we'll get onto it later, but we we played a lot of the the youth teamers this year. So how how good is the academy, or is it just a case of a lucky a lucky bunch?
2: No, I think yeah. Listen, I think it's. Consistently has produced players. Um, I think they do sell a lot of players further down, you know, further down the chain, which if you like, some of the best players probably leave earlier. Um, so what I would say is that a lot of lot of good work goes on you know behind the scenes with a lot, a lot of coaches. Um, you know, with from going from the, the right through the eights, nines, tens all the way through the club. Um and then they come into the building at 16, and at the time there was myself, Dave Hussey um Danny Heath's in around doing it now. So you know, Ian Hart's the head of coach and sets up a lot of programmes for the players and then obviously Ricky heads it all up. So yeah, really good it's it's different to a lot of clubs in that we what we'd spoke about when I was there was trying to make players resilient and hard working and you know so you'll see a lot of academy now and the moment, them talk about not having any leadership and you know not being able to um that toughness to play league football a lot if you want, I suppose. something we always spoke about and wanted to put into the to the players um i think you get cycles where players come through um some years and you know they go you go a period where you don't really get many through so obviously the circumstances probably dictate a lot of players got chances when they probably wouldn't have done but have to say some of them are taking it
0: yeah definitely yeah definitely Especially, especially obviously We'll, we'll, well, We will move on to it, but that, the last game when we played, obviously Bristol Rovers, and it was it was your team playing. But the one thing that stood out that, stood out, sorry, for a lot of the players is they've um, they they want it. They they haven't shied away from it. They're, they're up for a fight, so it's, and it's it's really refreshing to see.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's always great for a club to have their own homegrown players come through because it, it gives the it gives the fans an affinity with the team as well, and I think that's important. I think the best clubs do that and have a a continuous conveyor belt of players you know if you have two or three players and a thing that fans can associate with have been at the club and you know they do care more for the club they come through it and sometimes you like to see them given a chance you know before some signings if you want but listen, ultimately if they're not good enough they're not good enough but at least they've had that opportunity so it's i think it's as long as there's a pathway there for them then you know that's brilliant yeah
1: so um this season you go um, you seem to get an opportunity to move into like, a first team coaching role with with Bristol Rovers but bef- before that was there you know the reason you wanted to move was it because there was sort of no no hint of a promotion at South End going going up to first team coach here?
2: yeah uh, was that never on the cards i think it got to that stage i mean obviously um i think when phil, when phil brown left me and ricky took charge for a period um Obviously, the game got called off, but you get a taste of it and you work with the players and, you know, work the first team and really enjoyed it. But I'd done four years with the 23s. Um, and there was a lot of... when you. I took it on my own, you know, all the training every day, et cetera, et cetera. So we used to work six days a week. I think we were the only ones at the club. And that's the resilience we were trying to build up in them. So they worked six days a week. They worked their socks off. In, but, you know, after four years, you... Personally, you want to develop as well and work with different levels. Um, yeah, I would like the opportunity to move into the first team, but it didn't look like that was going to happen. So, you know, I had conversations, obviously. And obviously, managers want to bring their own people in, have their own people around them. So, you know, mm. I get that as well. Um, but, you know, I thought was, yeah, a little bit disappointed that didn't happen, but, you know, it wasn't to be.
0: It's like, it's like you said earlier, about being a player and that, you know, consistency of being not the same, you know, similar teams and players. You, that 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 progression there for you is, in my opinion, it's an obvious step. So I don't know why the club wouldn't have promoted that. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me.
2: No, I listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, know, I know
0: you probably don't. Yeah. Say too much, but I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, as a player, you want to progress. So as a as a man, as a staff or a manager, you want to progress. So so to almost let one of its assets just go like that, I thought it was a disgrace. To be honest, but.
2: Yeah, listen, it was what it was, you know what I mean? So, listen, I still have you a know, really good relationship with people there. Um, it just wasn't to be. And like you say, I think people want their own people around them. Mm. You know, I suppose you win in that job and that's how you you want to do it. And, you know, I understand that as well. So, yeah. listen, so that's, that's football at times. And obviously, I had to, to make the decision then to, you know, got an opportunity to go into a first team somewhere. Then that's something I was going to take yeah,
1: yeah I, th- I think that was possibly something that maybe the club just expected you to sit around and wait because of your previous connections to the club as a player but then you know the opportunity at bristol Rivers comes up you grab it with both hands and then the south end were a bit like oh, like, didn't think he would actually do that we kind of thought we could keep hold of him and just like keep him shackled here so uh, yeah. by but but by doing what you did you certainly showed your like you're taking this very seriously, but you want to progress into into first team coaching. Do you do you want do you want to be a manager? Is that is that something that you see in your future?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I make no secret. I think a lot of coaches, and, you know, where you develop, and ultimately, you you like an opportunity yourself to be a manager. Um, going to Bristol Rovers, I thought was the you know a great option for me. And that, to be fair, I have to say, I spoke to Ron and had really good conversations with the chairman, and he was he was very good and open and honest and. You know, still have a, a decent relationship now, so it happened okay that way. You know, when I did eventually go, but yeah, I like the opportunity. But you know, I have to say at the minute, I'm, I'm really enjoying it at Bristol Rovers. Um, really good club and a lot of good people. And obviously, you know, new managers come in and work really closely with him. And still learning loads. And you know, being involved on a on a weekend and a, a daily basis with senior players is brilliant.
1: Was there a, was there a worry when, when Graham left that, that you might go as well? Is he, uh, As you yeah, said, with with the situation at Southend, managers bring in their own their own teams.
2: Yeah, of course, you know. But to be fair, I've got a really good relationship with the chief exec and, and the owner, have been brilliant. And they said they wanted the staff to stay in place, um, and the manager, you know, because he, he, he came in just before Christmas, he, he came in and had a look at everything, and you know, was happy to go with what he had at the at, at the time. And you know, we we've worked really well together, so you know, he really enjoyed it and i have to say like it's a great area a great place to live you know I'm there part time um I'm there during the week um so you know as a club and, and what it can achieve you know we're we're trying to put a lot of the infrastructures in going into place and a lot of the plans going into place and you know the gaffer's made a lot of a lot of decisions and and where he wants to go with it and he's trying to build it um so you know that it lasts a long time not just you know for the short term yeah
1: you were flying at the start of this season weren't you it's all- yeah
2: it all yeah, kind of brilliant. unravelled, sadly. But yeah, I think we, um, yeah, obviously I think got to fourth in the league, and then obviously Graham decided to to move on. But you know, the gaffer wants to change things and, and do things, and the club want to go in a certain direction, and um, it's going to take time, you know. And there's going to be ups and downs, mm. but you know, fingers crossed, we can we can get it going. But hmm.
0: well, what's what's he like as a manager, Coughlin? Because he was he was well liked as a coach and a, well even as a player at Southend, and. I think he was similar to yourself, and although it was, it kind of felt like it was unraveling with Phil Brad, People were a bit gutted when he left as well. So what's he like?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think he might feel the same about that period as well. So listen, I think as he was as a player, and you know, see him as a coach, and had a lot of standards he wanted kept in the change room. He knew how to run a change room and had the players all on side and working for him. Um, he was a winner, wanted to win games, you know, and I think that stood out massively. Um and the players all picked up on that and there was a winning mentality throughout the club. So you know, he got that going with the players and you know, done really well with getting the club to where it was. Yeah.
0: What was your what was your reaction when he um announced he was off? <laughs> You're a bit like you, know, you bastard, what are you doing to me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all like you wanted to go home, you've left me here. <laughs> no, he's um listen, it was a decision I think he I think, he, like, I think he spoke about it at the time. He's um, been away from home a long time. I think the opportunity to come back closer to home was something he, he felt he couldn't turn down. So um, even though it's the league below, I thought he, was, he felt it was an opportunity for him, I guess. So, you know, good luck to him. That was the way he was going to go. So, yeah, but listen, obviously I'm still in the club and absolutely love it there. So really enjoying it and, you know, got some more um, experience and probably more, input in a lot of stuff as well. So working closely with the manager who's, who's very good to, to work for as well. So really enjoying it. Yeah,
1: great. Yeah, so we'll come to the, uh, well still to this day, it remains the last game that either team managed to play for first team that is. So um, yeah, we, we played Bristol Rovers in March sometime, I think it was March. Um, did, did that feel... Weird for you, but like weirdly proud at the same time because then had such a, like a development side that were your players just last year. How, how did that did that feel for you?
2: Yeah, I think at the time, during the game, it's, it's one of them, you just want to win the game. I think, you know, we weren't in a great period. So it was, it was an important game for us, obviously, <laughs> but didn't work out that way. But yeah, when you look at some of the players that, that come on and, you know, there's ones there that, probably wouldn't have got a chance without everything that was going on in the club. You know, Aaron Canali and Tom Clifford, who's, who's done brilliant. Some, like, they're players that I'd have worked with every day for a couple of years. So you, I knew what qualities they had, but it's always one of them that, you know, it's a difficult level, the under-23s, because no one really wants to be in that group. So you want to come out of the youth team and go into the first team, or you've got first-team players coming down the twenty three. So it's a difficult one to manage. But what we always spoke about is having the right attitude and, you know, how they worked every day. And to be fair, I think them two are a perfect example of it. And, you know, just, you always say, hang in, keep going, don't let your standards drop because your chance will come eventually. And I think that's something any young player needs to, to realise that, you know, the disappointments are there and you're not getting opportunities and the frustrations, but, you know, you've got to stick out and keep your standards. Yeah, I was I was really pleased for them because they're, they're good kids and, you know, a lot of them are, deserve their opportunity.
0: Mm. Yeah, you mean... You mean... It's, it's, Sure. And he's probably been the standout player, i say, out of the lot, the, the lot of them. He's, he's sort of just stepped in the team like a first-team player. Really, really impressive.
2: Yeah, he, like Tom always had the quality, to be fair. On the ball, he, he's been brilliant. and one of them players that um, always had that side of it that was, I oh, thought, yeah, he'll cope with it, no problem. You know, there's other areas that you just don't know that will he be able to cope. But, you know, I'm really pleased for him because... Um, you know how he applied himself every day and was around the club and nothing uh, like that. That's, he was brilliant and, and different class, so he all really deserved it. You know, I was pleased for him actually. Mm. Yeah.
1: it's a straight, it's a horrible situation that obviously they had to come into. I mean, and you know, as, from a supporter's point of view, you kind of think if we'd possibly done it a little bit earlier, we may have given ourselves a bit more of a chance, but you know, with well. Listen, we, we, we may end up somehow staying up if they decide to avoid the league still. But um, yeah, I think that, that's a frustrating thing because I can remember for you know quite a number of years now, we see a lot of these youngsters doing really well because like, we've all got access to things on Twitter now that sort of we didn't have yeah. like 10, 12 years ago. So we, we, we hear a lot of names and we, we see a lot of these players doing well. And then they never make an appearance for the first team. They may get a couple off the bench in the cup or something like that. But there's, apart from goalkeepers,
2: oh.
1: we've we've not really had a player that's come into the team and been like a sort of a mainstay in the team. And I think that's quite frustrating because surely that's obviously what you want for an academy. And so we've been great with goalkeepers. So I think this would be really nice if... Certainly, a couple of these young lads could come in. I guess Elvis would be would be one that's as an outfield player that's that's come in and done really well.
2: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Having that connection, like you say, of having two—if you can get two or three to go in and actually stay there. um, Listen, I think maybe you look at maybe Drew Yearwood would have been one who would still be there and playing. Obviously, he moved on, but I suppose that's like a lot of clubs at that level. You get a young player coming through and into your first team. Clubs will start to look, and you know if the price is right, then you sell on. So. But if you can get a group of them, you know whatever the circumstance, um, that they get their opportunity. As long as they take it, then you know that's that's the main thing. And if they can stay, it's up to them now to try and stay in the team. So, you know, mm-hmm. however it comes about, they've got to take it. I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. You touched on it with it being a like a bit of a funny age group, saying like you want you want to be in the first team. And so, from from yourself, going back to when you were at Tottenham, you were sort of. Like ready for a chance in a, in a first team somewhere so do you I know you've been a 23s coach but do you like the under 23 system or do you think there's not, still you've said it like there's not nothing beats Saturday 3pm and, and, and three points to play for
2: no yeah exactly but I think you have to bridge the gap between uh, you know the youth team and first team so there is a place for it um, I'd like the, uh, I like the old reserve league if you want I'd like to see some of that come back in if possible where you have the best senior players playing with a mixture of the 23s and youth team, so that for me, where a lot of your great learning comes, because you know the old reserve league we used to play in at Tottenham, you'd have first team players that come back from injury or or not getting many games, and you'd be playing with them, and that was a weekly on a weekly basis. So they'd soon pull you right if you weren't if you weren't doing it, rather than sometimes 23s can be. A lot of stuff, you know, not as competitive if you want. Yeah. Um, but I thought, listen, I'd, if I could, I'd go back to the slightly older reserve league where we have the best players playing every week. So, you know, as a 23, you might not be guaranteed to get in the team. So you're going to have to work to get in the team. Yeah. And then you of well, listen, if there's an 18 who's good enough or a 16, get them in, go and play them with the senior players, see how good they are. Because that's, I think that for me, that's the only way of finding out at times. Listen, and you will get late developers, and but that's where the 23s has been brilliant. You know, sometimes without the twenty threes, Tom Clifford's, like we spoke about, maybe Harry Phillips, etc., might not have got the opportunity if if we didn't have that. So there is a place for it. Um, how you incorporate maybe a reserve type fixture list, if you want, in that, I think would work well.
1: Mm. No, I I agree. I'd, I'd quite like to see that. because I I can remember going to the odd reserve game, and it was it was still it was still pretty fun. It it felt competitive.
2: Yeah, definitely, and that's yeah that's. I like the way you, you know you played in the stadium as well. The players get that as much as if you could. It, it, you know, it's a bigger game for them then as well. I think so. Yeah, I liked. It. I remember going to watch reserve games as well, and you still felt was a competitive edge as well. So that for me, be I'd like to see somehow that coming back a little bit or whatever way forward they might be able to do that.
1: Hmm.
0: Is there um any other player that hasn't really that you can think off the top? Of your head that hasn't really come for itself in, but is has got what you think is a big future or
2: and obviously I haven't been there all year so it's hard to tell you know a lot can change in a year so you know the coaches there will, I'm sure will we'll know one or two that have come through but um listen I think to be fair South End it always does well youth team wise and you know got players in around it and they'll always you know hopefully what's going on they'll get opportunities so I'm sure there's one or two still still in the background and you know I'm sure you know I think they've, they've gone as young as uh, young Coker this year came in as well so listen I'm sure there's. Plenty in around the background. Some will come in to surprise you as well. So I think one for me maybe Lewis Gard, who's you know had a bad, really bad injury after he broke in. So it'd be lovely to see him return back into the fold and you know get an opportunity again because he's worked mm-hmm. ever so hard to get back fitness. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, looked, he
0: looked. I was really impressive. To be fair, when I saw him. Is there a um, yes. bit of a bit of a curveball question here? But it might be one you're not 100 percent comfortable with. But is there any? moment or any sort of, I guess, path the club went down where you kind of thought this could change it and it and it started the spiral. of It seems to have just gone downhill the last three years. Is there any sort of moment or... Sliding just, doors moment. Yeah, any sort yeah. of oh, I'm not sure on that
2: and it sort of turned it down or... Uh, listen, I mean, it's difficult because obviously I'm, I'm a Crystal Bovers yeah. now and yeah. you know, what's going on on the club and I think there's... Listen... I think everyone's disappointed. Obviously, the club's situation, the club's in now. But um, I said, there's one thing. I, I don't know if there's one thing you can put your finger on and say, yeah, that was it. Because yeah. you know the club where you know when I was there with and Phil Brown was manager, very close to getting the playoffs, you know, for League One. So you know that happens, and you manage to go up. Obviously, Millwall went up and they in the Championship. So you don't know. You know, yeah, like cool. you said, sliding doors moment that things happen, and a little bit of luck here and there, things change. Um, but listen, I think he, as long as the club learns from it, um, mm. you know, corrects it and, and moves forward again, I think that's the main thing, mm. yeah, definitely. Batted that, that off, all right, then,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go for a politician with that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, um, just moving back on to the, like the, the 23s, or well, the, the 23s that have become the first team, I think you could. Even though they they're young lads, you you can you can certainly tell that they've played together for a long time because there's this little like, just passing movements like the just the movement that they they're a team, they're a team, and that that is what had been missing. So I think it goes back to that I was saying, you know, if, if if you're good enough, you're old enough, sort of thing. So that but there's there's definitely there's much there seems to be much more of a team, like, sort of tight knit group there than, than than what there had been. And it's actually very frustrating that we ended up with this with this lockdown because let's say the last game we played we won. So it was it was maybe starting to click a little bit. And you can just only yeah. hope that, that this break hasn't hasn't derailed it.
2: Yeah, I think like I said, I think for quite a few of them players have been together a little while as well and they've come right through the club. So they obviously know each other and, and know each other's games. Um I think it helps that it was almost like a a no-lose situation, a position that the team was in. You know, there's nothing. I mean, with, with young players, there's nothing to fear really when they go out and play, they just want to play. And I think that showed, um, you know, especially us and when we came to, to Roots Hall. I think they showed that, to be fair to them. Um, we came, it looked like our players were apprehensive of being there and, and you know, playing against a younger team. And obviously, the pressure's on because you should win. Whereas, to be fair to the South End, they played with, with a lot more freedom than we did. I think that showed, like you said, and um, looked like, even though they're new to the team, they've obviously know each other and, and look like a team, anyways. So, I think that helps that when you get a few of them that all come through together, that's what happens, you know.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I've took for me anyway. They, they they look a close group.
2: Yeah,
0: no, it's a it's a fair point actually. I never thought of it like in the sense of thinking of the other team, like when they see the team sheet and they see squad numbers of forty two and thirty seven and that. What goes through their head, but I guess you're right. It's a case of the pressures on them rather than the other way around.
2: Yeah, and we listen. We weren't in the best of forms coming there either. So it was one of them that you know. I suppose everyone because the form South Emory and everyone expects you to win. And it's listen, it's never that easy. You can just turn up anywhere and win because even the games before I'd watched obviously clips and and watched games just to you know for pre- preparing for the game. And you see a lot of the good football that was being played at times. Um, so we, we knew it was it was wasn't gonna be easy, but you know, the pressure can be on other teams, I think, when it when it gets to that stage that, you know, so so far adrift if you want, and you know, in bad run of form that, you know, everyone watches the game and think, oh, yeah, they should win that, they'll win that. But it it's not it don't never works that way in football.
1: No, you look at yeah. it and think, Oh yeah, Southend South End are a free hit, but yeah, you can't just you can't just turn up. You've still got to obviously still work for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of them that we we didn't turn up on a day and, you know, to be fair, South End were a better team and deserved to beat us.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, have you got um, have you got any sort of like goals for the next like five years yourself personally? I mean, like I say, you you sort of touched on being a manager. Is that you sort of you're at your your aim in the next say five ten years?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think you know everyone coaching in that one is ambitious. Um, you know, first and foremost, enjoying getting the experience at Bristol Rovers and, and working there with the manager. So, you know, that's a it's a, a great platform to learn. He's great to learn off as well, actually. So, um, yeah, listen, I think. I wouldn't sit here and say, no, I don't want to do it, but definitely want to be a manager one day. I think, you know, always have ambitions and, you know, want to push yourself. And I think everyone wants a chance in the hot seat at some stage, I guess. So, yeah, that's always part and parcel of it. Um, Even when that happens, who knows? Um, Really enjoying my time at Bristol and working with good people at the minute. So, you know, that for me is the the first and foremost and, you know, what will be further down the line, we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah.
0: But but saying that, didn't you take over as caretaker for like
2: a couple of games, at Bristol. Yeah, we um, well, in between, after Graham left before the new manager came in, I took charge of, um, we played Peterborough, which, you know, ended up with a nil-nil, um, which was a great experience, obviously taking a, a game in, in League One, and we right at the top end of it as well. So, really enjoyed that, and obviously, the buzz that did, and um, the manager had a, a period where he was away from the club as well, so it we took a couple of games for that. Obviously, I was in contact with him every day as well, so... Um, you know, worked closely with him going into them games as well. So yeah, yeah, you know, great experience to to be on the touchline for them games and something that yeah whets your appetite a bit. But yeah, I think it's important to know yourself as a person and where you are at coaching wise and when you're ready to to do it. So uh, listen, the moment you think you've cracked it, I think you're in trouble. So for me, it's just keep learning. You know, if the opportunity comes and then, then be ready for it.
1: Mm, sorry. Yeah, cool. So just um, yeah, as we start to wind it down, but so going back to your playing career at Southend, we had the, the two, the two um, LDB finals. I know we lost, but still, like great days out in Cardiff. We had the playoff final. We had a league title. We Had the win against Man United. You're you're the captain for all of that. Where you know what? What's your standout moment? If you can pick one, if you can pick one, what what's the standout
2: moment? I Me? Mean, yeah, I think lifting the trophy for The um league one title, probably home to, to Bristol City. I think the week before at Swansea was a brilliant, brilliant game. I think that, remembering the atmosphere of that day and actually getting over the line for promotion, um, was probably one of the most memorable experiences. But then to obviously cap it because I think we, we still could have missed out on winning the league the following week, yeah. And I think just so actually. You know, having been in the club a long time and then being able to, to walk out and lift the trophy in front of the fans was because the whole atmosphere and occasion was, was, was unbelievable. So, that for me is probably, yeah, the, the biggest moment. Like you said, there's a lot of, I would have loved to have disappointed not to win one near LDVs. Mm. Um, wouldn't want it to win, lift the trophy there. Um, but obviously, a couple there's, like you said, there's, a, there's a, so many occasions that um, that stand out. But for me, yeah, I'd probably say Bristol City at home lifting the trophy. Did
1: that almost feel like a full circle moment for you? Can we touch on like some of the stick you got earlier? And then, you know, how many years later
2: you're lifting a, a league trophy? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think probably, that's probably why, for me, that's probably one of the major, you know, I think I always then, you know, off the back of getting a little bit of stick, it's always one of them that you're going, I was always that it motivates you then if you want, because I don't want it ever to happen again. So you, you, you know how you push yourself and, demand more from yourself and say, like, I ain't gonna get to that stage again. But um yeah, if you want a full circle moment and, um made it probably even more sweet, I guess. Um but yeah, like I said so many so many great memories and you know, I could go on for, for, for a long time talking about them. But that's the, that topped it off really.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That especially that's you obviously I know you saw a few of the highlights that we were posting as well and, Yeah. like not to blow smoke up your ass, but I think you was involved in about fifty percent of the goals we scored. I mean, there was the a pilot of a and new list, and, and you and you stood out as <laughs> the best man on the pitch. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, really.
2: Yeah, because one of them that you know, I wasn't one of them who used to fly around the pitch, and I suppose catch the fans' eye immediately. Um, you know, and sometimes I think it's a position of the pitch that you know a lot. I watch a lot of the football now it's an important one for me because it makes the team tick and makes the team play. Um, I suppose sometimes you look back that you only could then go you know, see how much they contribute to the game because obviously the goal scores will always get the headlines et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, like you say, it's interesting to watch them back and, and see all the clips back that involve yeah. them probably more than you realise at times. Okay. So, yeah, you,
0: you, had, you had a decent range of passing for someone that passes <laughs> sideways and backwards went <laughs> right
2: that way. My so. <laughs> thing was like, if, it's, if there was nothing on, I'd rather keep the ball than because if you yeah. give it away, no, oh, yeah, play. exactly. Gonna have to run around after
0: it again. Yeah. That's what I, I just forgot though, it was just it was one of them classics that you get that occasion eye and it went sideways and backwards. And I was looking at the eye lights and I was thinking, what, what, why What? you Ball was ball. I think the whatever.
1: It's it's so strange because there's honestly yeah I, I reckon about honestly about as high as 80% of the goals we score your name is somewhere in like, the commentary clip. You're either starting the move or getting the assist or even just passing it to the player who gets the assist. So yeah, you were constantly making it tick. And was, yeah, the, the classic one was you, you got called the crab. You only yeah, went well, sideways,
2: guys. That's <laughs> what I think that position, I think, it helps them when you've got your Mark Gowers, your Freddies, the players in them areas who then go and produce like we've had and goats. and. You know, yeah, there's so many good players to be fair so I think that's that brings it all out then you know so yeah, yeah. obviously it was good looking back at them clips actually it was it was during lockdown you going, know, right what time's the next one out do you think you'll ever get your testimonial <laughs> good question <laughs> listen the Germans obviously he's always said that's the same thing and yeah, like I said, I had a good relationship with him, so fingers crossed it gets the go ahead. Mm-hmm. Is it is it still is it
1: still meant to be the first game in the new stadium? Is that yeah, is that the deal? Yeah. It's hard yeah. Wow. I don't
0: know, <laughs> um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen it, but it has now had the go ahead apparently. So
2: yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. fingers crossed that that keeps wow. going and
0: give it another ten
2: years and you might be yeah.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: double dear. testimonial.
1: Yeah, 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 probably come come back as a manager as well. You've been managing by
0: then. <laughs> what were you going for first, manager or testimonial? <laughs> I'm going <a> manager, <laughs>
2: <laughs> i going manager as well. I think, <laughs> oh. this is a big, fingers crossed. Because, to be fair, I have to say, I know he's uh, probably comes in for a lot of stick at times, the, the chairman and that, but he has been grafting at this and you know, he's put a lot of effort into it, and I think. For the club and for the area, I think it would be brilliant for the, it'd be exactly it's needed. It's needed for the club and to push it forward and you know, I know there's a lot of hard work gone into it and fingers crossed this time it will we will get the go ahead and for the good of the club really as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Right, cheers anyway. Cheers, Kev. Cheers, mate. Take care, cheers, mate. Take care, cheers, mate.
1: See you mate. Yourself. Bye bye. Oh, right, well there we have it's King Kev.
0: Great bloke to fair. Great bloke. I like I like his political answer when we asked him about what the uh, what he thought went wrong at the club at the club.
1: The great answer that.
0: Yeah, that was a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure he's not burning any bridges. Yeah, it's, it's fair enough, <laughs> isn't it? You know, I, Yeah, no, I, 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 I knew it well, I said I knew, it. I mean I was just interested to see what his opinion was, but
1: but the, but the thing is you can't you can't blame people for doing that because, you know, football really oh. is a funny old game and you, you really can never say never. So yeah. you you never know. As players, you know, you may fall out of a manager at one club, you may move to another club, and then two years down the line, that same manager walks in and he's now your manager again, and it's it's clean. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you you really can never burn bridges in football because you you just never know who you're going to end up working for, working with. Um. And I get that. It's you know, it's it's sensible. I think to to be like that. Yeah, no, it's um,
0: it's good talking about the good old days. Obviously, but I don't remember all that. Guess it's good getting his take from how he left, which was a bit shit.
1: Yeah, both times, like yeah. someone else that's been let go. Like certainly this time, and right? like as I say, players come and go. You know, everyone reaches the time where it's like it's time to move you on, rightly or wrongly. But there's ways of dealing with it. You may have wanted to move him on, but I think the way it was done was was poor. Yeah. Um. But yeah, certainly this time around as a coach and potential manager, and particularly now when you look at the team that's playing, it's it was his team last year, so he might as well he might as well still be here and be the first team manager. Yeah, there's certainly an argument that.
0: You could get more out of them, even. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and that's not even a slant on Soul by saying that, but it's just because Kev knows them better. Yeah, yeah. It might, it might take Sol Campbell two three years if he gets two three years to get to know these lads, but yeah. We, but we we let someone go that already had that relationship with them. Yeah, it's still bad, that that
0: when me. That one, but. I mean, it it probably did him a favour not being um, a coach under Bond.
1: Yeah, I mean, and obviously, I, I sort of said it in the in the chat we had that you you know you've you've almost got to sometimes leave leave the club with a little bit of egg on their face because they maybe did feel that could almost use him. Oh, we'll keep we'll keep him there, keep him at arm's length.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Really, it hasn't really <laughs> it hasn't really got a plan, put that way for us. So. Right,
1: but we don't seem to realise that, you know, there's there's ninety or well, ninety-one football league clubs or league clubs. Like these these guys ain't gonna ain't gonna sit around and wait for Southampton United to give them a job. Yeah, like
0: how <laughs> long I I reckon it is until we get to number one <laughs> manager's job.
1: I don't think it belonged to be honest. I actually don't, oh, I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't think it belonged at all. Maybe it's because at, at, at Bristol Rovers, um you know, you know, possibly a Bristol Rovers fan could correct me, but I, I don't know who the manager is.
0: Yeah, that's something I mean. I don't wanna I know we spoke with him and he mentioned him and said he's a good bloke, blah blah blah, but at the end of the day, it's a results business and their results have been pretty shit since he's got in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I don't even mean, I'm, I don't mean to be rude because like I, I think the, the youngsters that come into the team had shed a lot of spirit and a bit of fight and they did deserve the win on that game we played the last time we got to play in like, mid-March, whenever it was. But right now, if Southend United are turning you over 3-1, there's there's problems.
0: That. that is... Again, it's probably a he probably answered it maybe a bit like a politician the way he's saying it, but deep down maybe he thought you know what that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, must have, he must have thought Fuck me that was shit. Like, we shouldn't be losing to them really. Like, yeah, you know, he, he is right in what he says. It isn't. It isn't the case of um, you just turn up and win. But <sighs> three one, it's quite, it was quite comfortable to be honest. Oh, it
1: was we from what I can remember of the game, obviously it was a little while ago now, we, we thoroughly deserved that win that day.
0: Yeah.
1: That, that was no fluke. That wasn't a smash and grab like the Lincoln one previously where we nicked it in the last minute. We, we thoroughly deserve to beat them that day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I made me think there was a case of, oh, well, like, End's a massive free hit this season, we'll, we'll turn up and we'll have this.
0: Yeah.
1: It don't work like that.
0: But then I, I, I think you might be right. I, I could see him you know, further going and him taking over the caretaker and getting a
1: job. Well, that was how Graham Coughlin got in, wasn't it? He started as caretaker there. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course it was Adam um, Clark, didn't they? Because he went, he, he went in to be a coach there, um, assistant there to begin with. Then.
0: Yeah, I forgot
1: that cause I completely forgot about Darrell Clark. then, um, yeah, it, it, but that's all it takes, you know. You go in as caretaker, you win a couple of games you on the flip side lose a couple, you like you you you, know, you could be out of the running before you've even started. Yeah.
0: Well that's the thing, though, you go into the caretaker, you lose every really matter mm. if you're gonna be kept on. But if you win you might get the job. So Yeah.
1: Well he said as well, didn't he? Because he had he had the couple where um like he mentioned the manager was away for a couple of games and obviously um when when Graham went did he say was he caretaker for that I can't remember. I think he said for one game did, yeah and, and he said he loved it. Yeah. Even though it was only one game, like was was buzzing so yeah it it, it, ain't, it ain't gonna be long no I really don't think it'll be long That nah. I, d- I don't know why I don't know why this, this is like a weird prediction I don't know why I think he will be in a job before Barrett um, I don't know <clears throat> why I don't know why I think that <clears throat>
0: I, I, I can't I, well, I agree with you and I think my reasoning would be is probably at Millmore with Rowett. That's probably quite a safe job for Rowett. So I don't yeah, think Barrett's doing well. Can, yeah, unless that's Rowett was to leave. Whereas, like we're saying here, yeah, this, this fella looks a bit shaky from the outside, mm. you know. Um, and I guess he kind of alluded to it. You know, he's came in with his own ideas and it hasn't really worked. Because they were
1: flying. start of the yeah. season, most of the Rovers were flying.
0: Yeah, so their board might
1: as well. You know what? Off your box. Yeah. So you know, yeah. So to, to compare the two, and I don't like compare it because they're both massive South End legends, but they are. You know, they're making their own careers now as coaches and managers. But certainly, I think there's a better chance of Kevin Mayo being Bristol Rovers manager before Adam Barrett's Millwall manager.
0: Definitely. And
1: Adam's got Adam's going to have to leave Millwall to go somewhere else. Probably. I, I think. Yeah, probably. That's just an opinion. No, I think you're right. Just because
0: of the size of the club and where they are, they're pushing for play- pushing for a chat- uh, premiership, You know. Yeah. But still, top bloke. Take the time again. take the time out Sunday morning. Yeah, this.
1: Yeah, I'm honestly everyone. Everyone that has taken the time out to, to have a chat with us has has become become a legend in in the podcast eyes. We'll have to do a <laughs> a podcast hall of fame. Now, podcast week. eleven. Level. Yeah. <laughs> we've got, we've got so far, we've got Reece Evans in goal, Adam at the back, Maya midfield, big Roy up front. It's a strong spine. We could have had Terry Alden goal going there. Oh yeah. He
0: has to be yeah. sub keeper though. Have half and
1: half. You yeah, had two keepers on.
0: We have to have sub keeper. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, we'll strong strong spine though. Adam at yeah. the back. Kev, Kev in the middle. Big Roy elbowing people up front. <laughs> that is a strong spine. Yeah, I like that. I like it. Who are we gonna try and get on next? Don't know. They a, bit a bit of a bit of a bit of flair. Sorry. Honestly, we've been, been been trying to get Mark Phillips on for about a year. Um That will have he will come on. He will come on. That's yeah, I'm sticking my head on, on the block there, but uh it'll come on.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll yeah. we'll get that sort of. Yeah. Not saying he'll be next, but it it will be here at some point. Yeah, well, I think we need yeah, we need some a
0: bit of flair in the team, like a, w- a winger or a, or a number ten or something, or like yeah, a creative player, creative fullback, something. Yeah, so blame we'll for that next. Blame <laughs> we'll for that.
1: Right. Thanks for listening as always. Subscribe on everything, the YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and um, see you later. Yep. See ya.